Uh, we get together every week, real estate agents, investors, wholesalers, and talk about all things probate real estate. Um, we usually get uh, attorneys or vendors of some sort that help us in our business. I'm really excited to have today a vendor who um, really, when I started my path, they're one of the first stops on the way. Uh, and I think a company that offers a full, uh, a full smorgasbord, a full uh, buffet of services for the real estate professional looking to build their business uh, in the real estate business. And I'll just share with you, I, I started three and a half years ago. I was a customer. I took their coaching program. I got certified. I, um, to this day, still pay for their website. Uh, they have a name for it, credibility website, I think it is. I got the trifold brochures for them, which I use still to this day when I hand out at an event. Uh, and so, and, and I go on their weekly call. Um, they have a weekly call. I, I go on and either live or uh, review weekly as well to learn and like this call to uh, commiserate with other professionals and learn my practices. We're excited today to have um, one of the mucky mucks of the company. Uh, I hope I get his, his uh, title correct. Uh, Tim is the CEO of alltheleads.com. Uh, Tim Yandel, welcome, Tim. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks very much. Glad to be so, here. Well, good. So let's start from the beginning, a little bit personal. Um, where'd you grow up and um, how'd you end up involved with a probate real estate service company? <laughs> so I grew up in Kentucky. Um, I've kind of lived all over the place. I always joke I've moved moved quickly to stay ahead of the law, but <laughs> I've, lived, uh, I've lived in Kentucky, Virginia, New York, California, Texas, Hong Kong, Japan, uh, Ireland for a little while. I've been all over the place, but um, I was working in technology for most of that. I kind of, after uh, college, went to work for Nissan Motor Corporation for the for the factory, and that uh, turned into some time in Japan and then some some time in Hong Kong uh, for another company. And all the time, I was kind of involved in technology and ultimately. Uh, started a bought a company in Florida when I moved here in the early 90s and in the late 90s we created a product uh, that we called the one click website and uh, we turned on over 30,000 uh, websites internationally for that product and it was mostly uh, in support of real estate investors not agents but investors at that point um, we started a large uh, organization called Financial Freedom Network. We had 1,500 people in it. Um, and we provided a lot of services for them, but most of it was training and support and some community. Uh, and that went well until the uh, late 2000s. And in the late 2000s, everybody that was involved in uh, our world in real estate uh, took a nosedive pretty quickly, as did we. And uh, we went from 1,500 people to a few hundred people over a period of time. And that began to come back in the uh, mid teens. And uh, two guys that I knew and uh, another fellow that I had not met before came to me one day and said, we were thinking about starting a company around probate. And uh, we'd like you to maybe be the vendor for the website of that. And I'm like, well, maybe uh, that's, we, we'd already started kind of doing well. And I said, tell me about your business plan. And at that point, there really wasn't much of a business plan and we didn't really know how it was gonna work out. And I said, well, I'm not interested in doing it as a vendor. I, I'd potentially be interested in partnering with you to do it. Long story short, we formed a corporation and started out as four equal partners. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, Jim Sullivan and I, who are the, Jim was one of the founders. 
we bought the other two partners out and uh, the company has continued on uh, since then. Uh, we probably are the, I would say we're the premier company in terms of providing support for probate nationally. We also do pre-probate. We've uh, just uh, expanded into divorce and uh, we are rapidly rolling out a product that basically will provide any type of lead available for any any type of purpose that you would have, whether that's FISBOs, expireds, late mortgages. We try to find people in transition, and then we train our people, as you know, to provide value to those people because we try to take a very empathetic approach to it. And that's kind of where we got to where we are. We've been doing it a long time. We've been pretty successful and we're successful because we've got great, great people that, you know, rely on us to provide good services and they tell us what we need to do next. Um, and, you know, I, I assumed up until recently that everybody who was a real estate agent or investor in the probate space knew who you guys were. And um, I run a probate group on my own, both in my company and outside. If you want to join a free probate group I do in Facebook, it's probate experts. Uh, and then probably XP, EXP Realty, and we have 1,300 agents in our probate group. And I asked the poll question, which which uh, data service are you using? And I was surprised that, um, you know, you were one of the leading companies, if not the leader, but so many people didn't know who your company was. I assume because I came in the door, I did my research, and you offered the most comprehensive, and I left off among services coaching. You, you offer the weekly masterminds, and you have a, a couple of really good coaches. And I've taken some of their programs both before um, um, uh, Park Coach left, and, and even since, because you have some niches of coaching that I think you guys do well. So let's talk about kind of your approach to this. It seems like you just, as I sit as a user and a customer and a happy paying customer, um, that you really take a very comprehensive approach, unlike most companies in your space, which are just selling data uh, and selling a subscription. So what's your thought behind that? Is it oriented towards investors or realtors or both? And, and how'd you come to offer really almost like a turnkey solution? Survival. Um, and that's, that's the reality. We, we started the system, we started out just being a reseller and we aggregated data from other people. We um, took that data and added a little bit to it, but uh, our initial approach was just to become a good source of supply for probate leads and exploit the connections that uh, some of my partners had, well, mostly Jim uh, Sullivan, who's my partner now, he, he'd been in the business a long time. He'd been a long time coach. So we kind of built it around his initial customer base. And so we started just selling leads and you know, we didn't know how that was going to work out or anything else. And we really didn't have a, a structure behind it. We built it on my existing company, uh, which was Ina USA. And uh, USA was the website and the technology side and the people side. And so we'd sell leads and we did. And uh, our churn rate was really, really high. And when we would inquire of our customers, when they would, uh, after, you know, two, three months, they'd go away. It was always kind of the same answer. Well, I really didn't do anything. I didn't make my calls. I didn't send any letters out. And, you know, I was sort of always referred to that as, I put the leads under my pillow and I hoped I'd wake up with a good dream. <laughs> you know, the reality was that they weren't taking action. And mm. a lot of it had to do with the fact that it was not easy. You know, it was not, it's not a simple thing to do at that point. Very not a simple thing to do to put mail out. Um, 
most people have a fear of calling to begin with in a lot of cases, and in particular, calling about probate, because the assumption is that you're going to be calling someone who may have lost a loved one, and it's a tough conversation to have, and all of that. So the first thing that we started out with was we said, well, we'll do your letters for you. So we started out with a very small program and to see if anybody was even interested in having us do it. And as it turned out, we had a lot of interest and people said, sure, do our letters for us. And then we added the credibility website to that, which gave a landing page and a landing place for people to link back to off of their website. That worked out well for them. Um, we then uh, went out to try to find a third party printer to do the work for us because it got bigger than we really wanted to go do. We tried two or three different approaches to it. None of them worked to our satisfaction. So we bit the bullet and went out and bought a bunch of crazy expensive printing gear and we've become a commercial printer. Now we do tens of thousands of pieces a month of, of direct mail for people and not just in the real estate space. We do it for all of it. Um, we then uh, went again to find another third party to potentially do the dialing side of it to set appointments and do that sort of stuff. We found some folks to do that, but again, it's challenging and it really wasn't what we looked for. So we decided to do it internally and we did that for a while. Uh, and that one we realized was just not central to our business. It didn't seem to meet, we weren't, we weren't gonna manage it as well as it should be managed. And so we went back to find a third party. We since found a group that does it well or we think it, we're happy with, our customers are happy. So. Now we've got that piece covered. And you mentioned the training. I think in the in truth, that's probably the biggest factor that separates us from almost everybody else, other than we have a 32-step process of augmenting the data to make it highly accurate. But our training teaches people to be empathetic, to provide value to people, to build a group of people that support probate, whether it's contractors or insurance companies or a myriad of other services and we kind of refer to it as a wheel of probate we have a graphic that we furnish to our customers that shows that and it's an estate sale company it's an attorney it's all the pieces of the puzzle and build up that group of people so that you can establish a relationship with a potential customer by offering them services and become known as the probate go-to person in your local marketplace so that's kind of what we did it we built the ancillary services because we had to to stay alive and it's, it's helped us with our longevity. And we have customers literally who have been around with us for uh, since 2014. So, you know, since we very started. Yeah, there's the wheel of probate, exactly that. Can you put that back up a second, Bill? Yeah, I didn't mean to distract from you, but I wanted to kind of show you. Oh, that's fine. So it's exactly that, what you're, what you're saying is exactly that. That's the wheel of probate. And well, I bought it from you guys, so I know, I know it's exactly that. And I'm just not the most creative guy, but you guys have these templates and I just plugged in my name and I, I have my picture and I had the logo. And I haven't updated it with a corrected logo, to be honest. But the, and I use this and I, and I um, when I started in this business, I went to court every day. That was my particular way of prospecting. And I would just take a handful of those and put them in my coat pocket. And I'd meet people and talk one by one. And to this day, I still do that on occasion. And I, I do a... Um, a vendor expo on Thursday nights once a month and I hand them out there that 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 flyer really explains what I do and explains I believe kind of the the value proposition that all the leads taught and and then former coach all the leads now um Prime Mastery Chad Corbett same thing it's about coming from value and creating a team 
So, well, first, before I go further, just this is meant to be participative. So if you're on the call, I, I want you, the, the more we participate, the more money you make, there's no stupid question, any question you have, I'm sure three other people have. We have uh, uh, 78 people on the Zoom call and probably another 20 or so watching live. Feel free to ask a question, either raise your hand in the Zoom application or um, uh, put a question in the chat box and I'll go through all those and, and try to get to all of them if they're appropriate. Um, or um, yeah, that'd be the best. Now I'd say wave your hand, but I'm not really watching all the pictures, so that doesn't work so well. So again, I wanted to be participative and I, and I have a lot of questions. I could talk to Tim for hours, but I do want to make it um, something that includes all of us. So, um, okay, so Vanessa, uh, your question is really more for an attorney than Tim. I, I don't, Tim, you're, were you ever a practitioner in probate? Did you ever call yourself either as an investor or call yourself as a real estate agent, talk to families and get through that process? Yeah, I should talk about my investor background. So I became, I always refer to myself also as a reluctant investor. So uh, when, when- uh, Whoa, 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 what is that? <laughs> when the real estate market tanked, uh, I found myself uh, sitting on uh, two houses in, uh, in Melbourne Beach and another house on the intercoastal waterway that were all sinking like stones. And, uh, you know, the value was plummeting on all of them. And so I became a, uh, an investor by, by needing to get rid of that property. So we began to learn more about short sales and we began to learn more about, you know, the market going down because I had never gotten involved in it at all. And then, of course, since then, uh, you know, we've been pretty active in terms of investing and uh, purchasing property in certain marketplaces where it makes good sense for us to do that. And so, yeah, definitely have done all of that now at this point. Uh, it was not my chosen profession. I was kind of a tech guy uh, and, and uh, you know, running a business kind of a guy. So uh, I learned how to do it. And I learned from, you know, some of the best in the industry, people have been very successful at it, my partner, Jim, Chad, other folks in there. And in the last, uh, you know, years that we've been doing this, we've developed a lot of skill sets that none of us had to begin with. So I think the big value here is literally the leading with value rather than calling them up and saying, hey, I heard your Uncle Fred died, I'd like to buy your house. And right. We never, ever, ever want people to do that. That's about the kind of worst thing that you could do. You really want to approach people from the standpoint of empathy and not sympathy because unless you really knew uncle fred can't say how sorry you are that he died you know you can certainly say i know how hard it is to deal with a loss so we try to teach the nuances well and i think that's any sales really we want to lead with value whether whether you're talking to probate or anything else i think that's the competitive environment we're in and, and more so now today than than a year ago in our industry as real estate agents i was you know um, promote to my team members the importance of education, the importance of uh, statistics, information, clarity, confidence, whatever you can do to help your customer feel comfortable and confident. Um, and probate's no different, I think, in that regard, but you guys do really come from that position emotionally, which I think is important. Um, okay, so um, um, Kay asked the question, um, what do you say to the families when you call uh, to ease uh, to sell the homes, how do you put yourself in a good position to acquire the property? So, so Kay, um, I don't know if you're on if you're on the call live. Want to kind of ask a question, role play a little bit? But Tim, and I know you have coaches that go through this. I I literally was on the call with uh, was it today or yesterday? It seems like it was this morning, right? Your Thursday calls, where you literally have coaches who go through these dialogues. But 
kind of gives us an overview. We don't call and say, hey, Uncle Joe died and you have a house to sell and I'd like to buy it from you on the cheap because I'm an investor. We don't do that. So how would you, um, uh, using your value proposition and the wheel of, of services and offer, what, and I'm going to ask you to role play it because that's not really your role, but generally, what's the concept that we are approaching those families with? Sure. So the, the main thing that we try and do is to make sure that you're putting yourself in a position of the person that you're talking to. First off, you kind of need to identify you're talking to the right person to begin with. And in one of the things, obviously, that we do in terms of the leads that we provide for probate is we furnish the uh, name, address, city, state, zip, and contact info for the, uh, the, the personal representative, the executor or executrix, as you would. We also furnish the decedent information and any attorney information, if there is any. So you're starting off by assuming that you're you're trying to contact the personal representative, and you know you begin with with a, a number of things. You know, it's I understand that you've been appointed the executor of the estate of X Y Z, and that's a good place to start. And you know they'll say yes or no, and typically they're going to say yes. Um, and you know it's always good to try and find a way to work it into conversation about you know was was Bill a, a relative, a close friend, or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Also, to commiserate with them, because the biggest problem that they're dealing with is they've never done this before. They're charged with responsibility that's, you know, it's ominous to them. It's frightening. They don't want to screw it up. They're the, they're the PR because Bill cared enough about them to trust his legacy and what he left on earth to them. So they're really going to be careful about doing that. So you need to commiserate with them. And find their pain point. We don't ever recommend you start talking about the property early. I put a group of people together and I'll just play it out a little bit. I put a group of people together and I specialize in working with people and families who are dealing with probate situations. What are the main things that, that you're dealing with right now that you're trying to handle that you're finding trouble with? Maybe I can offer you a little bit of help and I'm not looking for anything from you. I, this is just what we do and let them talk. And that's kind of a good place to start. And at that yeah. point, hopefully they will identify the points of pain or they'll say, well, I've got an attorney, my attorney's handling it all for me. And then there are a number of things that you can go into to ask some questions about what the attorney's actually doing and uh, raise some questions about some of the stuff that could be handled there. And also you can say, is it okay if I contact the attorney and chat with him? And it gives you another way to go. Now you've got a recommended methodology of contacting that attorney. So you're just building relationships all the way around. And at that point, you still haven't necessarily gotten into, I want to buy the house or I want to list the house. You know, I think one of the rules in sales is the more they talk, the smarter they think you are. And it's <laughs> counterintuitive because we think we have to talk to impress them. Yep. But particularly in a case where there's some emotion involved, the more you let them talk, the more they're going to like, trust, and know you. In fact, I keep on my desk, I'll show you guys. This is an old-fashioned chess clock. I used to play competitive chess. And the way it works is you each have time, and when it's your turn, you move, and then you hit the clock, and then the other guy's time runs. And you do that to measure time. And I, I keep it in front of me to remind me that the goal is to get the other person to talk more rather than me talk more. And so a lot of what Tim just covered, just at a high level, are some opportunities to ask questions, to engage them in an empathetic way. I think that's an important part. Um, and, and I put in the chat box the, the uh, web address, and on the website, they have all kinds of, because I know you guys are say, well, what's the script? It's on the website, as well as recordings of it. He's giving you the high level, what I call the come from, 
which before you learn the script, you need to know the come from where and how all that works. So, yeah, Bill, let me throw one other quick thing. You gave the website link out, and the other thing I'd tell you about that is that you go into the search area there, and you just kind of type in information. You'll be able to find a lot of stuff. We have three hundred and uh, we're knocking on the door four hundred hours of uh, mastermind calls that we do every Thursday at one o'clock. Uh, there's tons of information there. We're all over the internet in terms of YouTube channel and videos or anything that you can think of. And if you search about things in probate, you're going to find us there. And you can typically find the answers for anything that you're looking for that we've typically covered. And every time I say that, the next time we have a call, somebody brings up something we've never seen before. Right. But in general, we've we've covered almost everything that's out there and we've seen a lot. So uh, you can kind of find out all those answers. I, I just want to add and I'll stop. The last thing that you need to be concerned about in terms of dealing with this is fear. And the reason that I say that is, is if you approach this from the standpoint of, of knowing that you're providing a value, you have a value that you can provide to these people and you can be of service and you approach it with a service mentality, you're going to be fine. You might get yelled at every once in a while, but generally you're going to be fine. Yeah, I think that's true of all of real estate agents, that it, it, it starts with you feeling you're creating value for your prospect. If you do, you're obligated to help people. That's what we do as human beings. Uh, and if you don't, then then do something to learn. I, mean, I remember when I took um, the training the first time, the coach challenged us to go to court one time. And it seemed interesting uh, to me. And I said, well, he, the coach said to do it. And I lived about a half hour from LA County's probate court. And it was amazing when I learned when I went there and I spent time becoming an expert in an area, in a narrow niche. But because I was an expert in that, I felt comfortable and confident to talk to people in a way I would otherwise. And so that's the challenge, I think, is don't just look at it. Well, how many people have to call to get an appointment? Why don't you look at what you need to do to become an expert to create value for people? And they, they give you the service wheel. Maybe you need to find some vendors to feel comfortable to bring that to your customers, but you need to do something that you feel you're bringing value, not that you're just taking from somebody else. And then a reminder, you know, Tim is is the CEO. He's not the, the coach and he's not uh, a practitioner, but he oversees the company. He's pointed out they have a fantastic website. Uh, we can search, they have you know, weekly calls, they have transcripts of the calls, videos of the calls, scripts from the calls, all those resources are there at alltheleads.com. So make sure you check that out. You know, you, you talked a bit about um, the printing. One question that somebody else asked, and I'm, I'm glad they asked it because I would have forgot, but I, I don't want to miss this opportunity. Can you talk a little bit about the, you offer on your website um, a, a variety of, you know, mailing options. You have templates, you have do it yourself. You have a CRM that integrates the data that, we, that you get from all the leads into the mailing system, postcards and such, trifolds. What do you find is the best way, and this is a question we ask, get asked all the time, what do you find is the best format, or is there a best format of mailing postcards, letters, yellow letters, trifolds? What do you recommend? Well, definitely not yellow letters for probate, particularly, because that's a, you know, I want to buy your house. It's okay to do that if you're trying to do it as a general mailing where you're not trying to identify it as a probate opportunity. You know, that's an okay thing to do. Um, but the the what we find works best number one is consistency being repetitive and and doing it in a system and what i would say is that if you put the same letter out all the time uh and it goes to the same person three months in a row you're 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 wasting valuable energy there it may work fine but in general you want to vary 
what you're sending out, we recommend that you send out letters, postcards, uh, varying your uh, message a little bit. Maybe in one case, you're talking about the wheel of probate. In another, you're talking about the, you know, the financial aspects of what they might be dealing with. Um, the other thing is sometimes you can start with a, a letter that comes out and looks more of a, not a, you know, we refer to it as a greeting card format because it's in that size, six by nine envelope, it gets opened. Our open rates are really, really high because we created a custom set of software that this, all of the signing on all of them is indecipherable from a handwritten sign. So it looks extremely good. We do a great job of doing that. And we've spent a tremendous amount of time to do that. And the other thing is to use the number 10 envelope and on the outside of the number 10, making it look very, very businesslike, it's regarding the estate of Joe Jones. If I'm the executor, I got to open that envelope. I have to open it. I got to take a look at it. Um, so that's an important thing to go do. On that one, you should put a return address. On the other ones, we typically say don't put a return address on it. Uh, and the reason why is that it's more informal, uh, again, more likely to be open less likely to be perceived as a business mailing. But mix them up, throw in a postcard, throw in a letter, throw in a number 10, throw in a trifold with your, with your product, toss a business card in there, give it some thickness, put something in there. We do pin mailings where we actually include a pin in the mailing. It gives it thickness. People want to open it to see what's in there. People will always open, we call it lumpy mail. People will always open lumpy mail. And we got very scientific about it. We had our own tray made that exactly fits the postal service requirements for thickness and, and weight to get that done. So, you know, we've, we've become a, a pr pretty good expert. So do you, uh, do you find yeah. that what works varies in different geographies or different market sizes? In my mind, phone calling is different in a metro area like LA than rural or semi-rural areas. Do you see the mailing uh, rates uh, similarly varying by market? So yes and no. And, and the reason I say that is it has to do with timing. In the very, very beginning, it's highly likely, and particularly in the market that you're in, you're certainly not going to be the only person that's trying to contact that person. Without question, that's definitely not going to be the case, at least in the beginning. As time passes, you will be. And that's why we say you need to be looking at this over a minimum of a three-month time frame. It doesn't mean that you won't get business in the first month. It doesn't mean it's always going to take three months and it could take longer than three months. But the, the truth is that at, at that third month, there's kind of a sweet spot there that you become the only person that's playing. And uh, that's an important time to look at. The other thing is that these leads season extremely well. A lot of times somebody who's in probate, they're not going to sell that house until something moves them to do it. They don't want to put it on the market because maybe it's a surviving spouse who's in there. And then all of a sudden, unfortunately, one of, one of them takes a turn for the worse health-wise and it's time to sell the house. And they then will remember, well, where's that, that card that guy sent me about that? I need some help. So I, I do recommend the postcard. It's more tangible. They hold on to it longer to do that. We definitely want you to start with a letter, throw a postcard in and do all that. In different market sizes, the last comment I would make to answer your question it, it is similar and you're not gonna get anywhere if you don't talk to them. So at some point you have to do that. But uh, I think the interval is that you send something out and then it's a, a semi warm phone call. You can always start with, hi, I'm so-and-so, hi, it's Bill. 
I, I sent you a, a postcard last week. I want to make sure that you got it. Uh, did you see my postcard that had the XYZ on it? Oh, I know. I get a lot of stuff there. Oh, well, mine was the one that was orange. And, you know, they might remember that or they might remember one thing about it or whatever. Find something distinct. But now you've got something to talk about. So if you're following up on a, on a mailing, now you have a, a warmer lead. I won't call it a hot lead, but it's definitely a warmer lead. So we got some um, activity on our YouTube stream, just real quick. Millionaire Lid says uh, he's currently an all leads subscriber and you guys are great. So a little shout out from him. And he says you should do both consistently, mail and phone call. And I, I think that's true that you really Absolutely. need to do both and consistency, I think you mentioned is the key. Um, connected on YouTube says, I'm in Los Angeles, welcome. Gonna start, gonna start pulling probate leads. Should I mail them or cold call? My answer to that's yes. I always hesitate to go after probate, but what's the best way to approach probate? So, um, you know, connected, I think what Tim is offering, well, let me ask you, uh, Tim, you guys are on the call. You have brand new people want to get started in the process. How should somebody approach starting a brand new business in probate real estate? What, what, what do they need to prepare for? I know there's a difference between somebody who's been in business, you know, for 10 years and doing five or 10 deals a year and wants to add probate to it versus somebody who's brand new getting started. What do you recommend somebody who's starting a probate or and starting their real estate practice? Where should they start? Great question. And, and I'll say one thing, and it's complimentary to exactly what you said, starting it as a business. You need to start it and look at it as a business, not as I'm going to take a flyer and go buy some leads. Um, it is an investment. And I'm not just talking about a financial investment. You have to invest energy, time, money, and what you're investing in is learning. You're investing in knowledge. So if, if anyone who's going to start tomorrow to go do this, uh, if you know they're going to be our customer, yes, great, sign up for leads in your county. That's great. Be happy to furnish them to you. And we think we're the best in the business at doing that. But more importantly, uh, we start you with a program called Probate Foundations. It's free. It's a training class. Um, we give you the rudiments of the things that you need to do to start to build your business. And then through the, the next 90 days that you're there, we're offering a bunch of free training classes in uh, what to say, when to say it, listing presentations, uh, how to build all that. We also have a, a relationship with a third party provider that allows you to fund people that are in probate now, as long as they can prove that they can inherit. In other words, if they're working with the attorney and there's a will and the attorney can say, yes, they're in fact likely to uh, come out of this with X hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, you can get a cash advance for them at a very reasonable rate. And oftentimes that solidifies your relationship with them. And that may be something you wanna lead with, but you have to look at it as a business. You have to make sure that you're operating it as a business. You're the sole proprietor, unless you're a broker. And if you're a broker, it's the same thing. You've gotta to, got to make sure you're running your business properly. Yeah, good advice. Um, Eva says that you can uh, check Corbett's second part on his training, which is how to do with attorneys. Actually, I don't be surprised if you see me there on that for a piece of that. I took it myself. That was fantastic. Mark Perdoe says as he mails every 35 days. There's a lot of different ways to do it. And I know Mark's been at it for a while. So I think all of us find our market, find our rhythm, and make that work um, best. Um, Tasha asked a good question, uh, Tim. What's the best follow-up after sending letters? How frequent do you follow up on a lead? So it depends on the frequency of your mailing. Um, we 
often have we've begun to to change our model a little bit and make a recommendation that you contact them a little more frequently than before. Initially, it was once a month. Send a letter, you know, every 90 day program, three letters, three calls, get it done. Well, that's not working these days, not working as well as it used to because of volume and because, you know, you're you're in a situation where it's crapshoot. Are you going to get them or not get them based on where they are? Big point to remember, and this is a pro tip in regard to a lot of this, realize that the person that you're trying to reach almost always is working a job. They're not sitting at home working on the, uh, uh, hi there, Steve, I see you, bud. Um, I see him in the chat. Um, I've been trying to reach you for a couple of days, bud. Give me a buzz. Um, the the issue there is that you're you're always trying to deal with that person and you're not likely to catch them as, as likely to catch them during the day as you would be in the evening or on a weekend because they're working their regular job. Most people that are executors and, and personal representatives, that's not their job. So you call them at the times that you're most likely to get them. It doesn't say don't call during the day, but if you don't get an answer to the call, certainly feel free to leave a voicemail, but mark it down to make sure that you contact them then in an off hour. Wait until you know six, seven o'clock at night and call them then, because that's when they're mo most likely to be found. And that's a mistake a lot of people make is that they're banging it out during the day and not getting it done. So that's an important thing to consider. Yeah, people I know who do that, they pick one night a month as their calling night to get people at night. They might want to do it every night, but they do it one night a month or two nights a month or one a week. Others do a weekend call one weekend a month, one Saturday or one Sunday. So you got to mix it up and, and get to those leads. But if you're the one who gets to them, then you're the one that gets the business. So it's also a matter of budget. You know, it depends on what you're doing. If you've sent if you're sending letters out or sending some sort of some form of direct mail every three weeks, and that's kind of what we're looking at now is sending it out at an odd interval. If you're doing that every every two, three weeks, then that's when you're going to start following up and you need to start, you know, shaking it up there and working through it. And quite honestly, in the market that you're in, if you pick one of the we broke LA into quadrants and uh, you know, if you're picking one of the quadrants that you're working in, you've got a good, you know, a good count of leads there. If you can't get to all of them, then Get somebody to help you do that. Find somebody that can help you make those calls and do it because you may be busy doing lots of other stuff until probate becomes, we refer to it as the pillar of your business. And it, we hope it would be a strong uh, a strong pillar. Um, Mark Pedroza, again, regular on our call. I know he's on your call as well. Says he generally works on files where the um, personal representative or petitioner is out of state. And that's a strategy. I will say there are a number of people who also focus on those people so they can be maybe a little more competitive, but also maybe more fruitful, more, more likely to work with somebody outside the area. So, um, good. Um, let's see, this team. So Jim has a whole question. I don't know, um, a, a pitch that you've assembled a team to help is intriguing. Any thoughts on building the team? Oh, I know what he's asking. So Tim, um, uh, Jim is asking, about building a team. It, it sounds like an intriguing value proposition, but how would you go about building that team? So I know I have an answer. Um, I'd love to hear your answer. How, how does one go forward to build a team? Again, he's referring to like the service professional wheel of different vendors. Sure. So best way to do it is to say, hey, I, I, if you're making that phone call, in our opinion, and what we kind of teach people to do is to, again, lead with value. And it would be, if you're the if you're my if you're a, a roofing contractor, for example, and you want to recruit somebody like that, it's like, hey, Bill, how are you? 
uh, I'm Tim, and uh, I have made a, a, a practice here in our county to uh, focus on people that are in probate. And oftentimes they have a need for a roofer and I'm looking for a great roofer to refer. Is that business that you might be interested in? Well, new business, well, sure. Now you've led with something that is of value to them and you've, you've been able to develop that market right on the spot because you've already got something you're offering. You're not asking for anything. I think the quite the other part of the question he's asking is, well, how do I get those people before I start? And I, I've been on um, all the lead calls as well as other team, uh, other coaching calls where new investors, new realtors get caught up on, well, I don't have a team, so I can't get started. And what I tell them is you can go about making your phone calls. It's a way to build your real estate business is local business people, but the team is you, right? It, 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 and, and I once heard, a coach, I think it was on, on your call, the coach said, if I gave you a million dollars, let's say, what's, what's a team member you don't have today? Uh, maybe it was like marble flooring. Okay, if I gave you a million dollars, could you have a guy there tomorrow that would fix the marble flooring? Of course. Well, yeah. So it's not a question of can you do it? It's will you? You're the team. You're the resource. Uh, if you don't have a guy, if you'll find a guy or gal who will do the job. And so don't let that stop. But at the same time, you can also call vendors to fill it out as a way to build your center of influence as a real estate agent. And that's what I've been doing and interview them. And it's a way to build business that way as well. Well, and to take it even into even a more advanced way, we have, we have customers been doing this long enough that they are using their vendors to do cooperative advertising. Right. So they're advertising for them and vice versa. They feature each other on their websites and their vendors are actually helping them by uh, backing up their cost on their mailings and all that because they're getting business out of it. Right. So if you right. deliver a couple of leads, you can go back to them and say, hey, I'm trying to do more of this. I'd like to feature your roofing business as part of what I do here. Uh, would you be interested in subsidizing what I'm doing a little bit? Well, yeah, I might do that. Now you got more marketing dollars to go play with. Exactly. Yeah, I have to say it's benefited me uh, as well in, in a couple of cases. Um, here's a great, this is a softball question for you, Tim. I'm gonna give you an easy one because you've been so nice uh, with your time. Um, Mary says she's in North Carolina. Do you work with agents in my state? Uh, she says it's difficult to access some information and some some services don't include North Carolina. Do you include counties in North Carolina, Tim? Yes, we do. We Every state in the union, we do every state. Uh, and I will say, I would say we do every county. I can't say that with uh, exact certainty because there are a lot of counties we've never done uh, during COVID. We had some significant problems, particularly in the Northeast, because courthouses shut down and Carolina's the courthouses shut down and all that. But at this point, we're pretty much wide open again, and uh, we can pretty much get data anywhere in the country. And uh, I, what I forgot to say was, early on, as I, I said, we were we were a buyer of data. Now we're our own collector, so we have a huge team of people that do this all day long, and that's what they specialize in. They go to the courthouses if necessary. They work online. They take it, and then we take that same data and we run it through about a 32-step process to add and augment that data. But we get data anywhere in the country. And on their website, they have a little um, a feature where you put in your state, and they'll tell you where the data is available and you know how much the cost is and such. But the thing I um, I tell people is they're the only company I know of that is national. There are companies that hit and miss here and there and have some, don't have others. Uh, but they are, I think, have the broadest um, uh, delivery of data uh, around the country. So hopefully, Mary, that's an option for you. 
Melita asked a question, and, and I, I'm going to answer it before you do, Tim, then I'll let you answer it, because um, I'm that kind of guy. Um, Melita says, how much for coaching? And I'd say, you know, Melita, when you get started, all the leads has more free material and some value than any company I think sells. And I would make, make sure I got onto their free calls. I went to the website and checked out some of those videos as well as some of the others. My website, uh, probably Mastery, Chad Corbett as well. So now if you're experienced looking for coaching, Tim, do you want to maybe highlight some of the coaching products you guys offer um, for um, agents who are looking for more help? Sure. And, and it's, a changing, uh, it's a changing process. Yeah, uh, we do offer the foundations class, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, Bruce Hill is our head coach. He's really good. Extremely talented guy. Uh, you know, I, I love Bruce to death and we've been very fortunate to work with him over the years. Good people. Um, so Bruce is our head coach. Uh, Chuck is kind of his right hand person. And then we have a, a couple of other people who actually work do one on ones with people as well. And all of those people are available. We offer a whole bunch of stuff for free. We also offer some specific kinds of training that uh, are upgrades to that. Uh, you mentioned Chad. Chad also has a certification program that after you've learned what you need to learn and do all this, uh, the probate mastery that Chad teaches is excellent. Uh, you know, Chad does a great job. And I think you've had Chad on this call before. And uh, I had Bruce as well, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, good. So all of these are, you, you've, you've seen all of us. And, you know, we've been, we've been at this a while, but I think the, the best answer there is that in addition to that, and this is a key, we also offer free one-on-one -on -one coaching. So as part of being a subscriber, if you're one of our subscribers, you're running into a problem of, you know, I'm stuck. I'm not figuring out how to do this. Or, uh, you know, I, I got beat up on this call and didn't know what to say. We're here to help. All you have to do is hop on. There's calendar links on there. And inside the portal that you mentioned, our CRM, easy links to go set up and jump on somebody's calendar. And the next thing you know, you're talking to, you know, the best in the industry to help you solve your problems. Um, Steve Love says, hi, a mutual friend of ours. Indeed. Um, um, Hector Aguilar says, what quadrant is East San Gabriel Valley, which is Los Angeles County? I'll answer that. It's in the Barrio quadrant, Hector. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I we, broke LA up in, we broke LA up into the valley. <laughs> And East LA, San Gabriel, South Bay, West LA, and uh, so it would be an, an Antelope Valley, and uh, it would be obviously the San Gabriel District, and so we broke it up into six different segments. I appreciate that, Tim. Um, good to have you on. Um, been following all the leads for a little bit already. Looking to dive in uh, feet first with the probate, you know, especially with the shift in the market here. I think it's a good opportunity to reach out to that uh, to that lead source. Um, how many how many leads on average uh, would you say that are part of the quadrant that that I want to service, which is the East LA County, East San Gabriel Valley, and Inland Empire area? So it's a tough question to answer without looking it up. If you don't mind, I'll even look it up while we're talking, and I can answer you more specifically. Give me one second, because I actually have it open. I know when I priced it, I'm in West LA. And I think all of LA County was about 500 and each of the quadrants was about 125 or so a month in rough numbers, if I remember correctly, but yeah, San Gabriel is, is, is the sm smallest segment of, of LA and it is running right now on average for the last, uh, since, since we broke it up into quadrants, 
69.48 leads a month. And the last three months, it's been 63.67, not to be too specific. <laughs> well, and I think that's the other thing I like about your service. It is, you can break down LA County rather than getting the whole thing. And I think that's better for agents to focus in where they're going to do their business and hit the ones that you're going to get more intensely rather than ones you're not going to chase after and do as well, John. All right, Hector, yeah. nice seeing you, Hector, man. Always a pleasure. A colleague of ours, we, do, we have some, some friends in common, and uh, it's always nice to see him. Um, okay, and so Cheyenne's in South LA. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of you guys are interested in the data, which is great. That's why we did this. So um, do you have the numbers for the other counties in Los Angeles? It's, since that's probably more of our people. Yep. Sure. Hang on a sec. Let me back up. So she's asking about uh, what we refer to as South Bay. And uh, let me grab that one. Yeah, I got the fun of breaking it up because I lived out there. And so I kind of divided it up the way I thought made good sense. Uh, well, where'd you live? Pardon? Where'd you live? I started in Manhattan Beach. Then I went from Manhattan to Redondo to Long Beach to Seal Beach. Huntington Beach, Laguna Beach, and then I moved to Buffalo, New York in the middle of the winter. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, South Bay is um, three month average, uh, 80, 80 leads a month for the South Bay. And let me see, you ask about the rest of it. And for uh, everybody else, you know, nationally, they, like I said, they have a tool, all the leads that come, go ahead and put your state and if appropriate, the county, and they'll give you a quote and how many, and they'll tell you how many leads there are per month and that affects the pricing and, and the services and such. So um, uh, West <laughs> no. LA is uh, around a hundred, well, about 95 to a hundred, somewhere in that area. Uh, and it, it moves around a bit. Um, and a lot of that has to do with courthouses and time and all that sort of stuff. It's kind of, it's never as predictable as we'd like it to be. That's why we do kind of rolling averages. Um, the Valley is, uh, in the mid sixties as well. Uh, and that's kind of the market that's out there. The other thing, Bill, it's important that I say this: we don't oversell. I was uh, going to say the same thing that one of the benefits, I'm sorry to cut you off by one. This is really important. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, you know, while I'm giving you the data that's there, we're very careful to make sure that we do not, uh, put you in competition with yourself and other people wherever possible. Now, obviously we're in this to make money and we could we could sell in many places and particularly where you live we could probably sell as many as we wanted to we don't uh and you know i'd like to say we're being very altruistic and you know that's an ethical decision and it is but it's also a practical decision we want you to be successful because you'll stick around i would much rather do a great job for you know uh four or five people than to have 12 people that turn over every month and you got to start over so, you know, we've built great relationships over time with folks to do that, and we don't oversell marketplaces. And our average nationally is just a little bit over two uh, subscribers in counties that we furnish leads. So typically, you know, we're not, we're not competing, you're not competing with yourself. Yeah, and there was a time where like in West LA, it was like a waiting list to get in because you only allowed a certain number of people. And I thought that was great. And it, it, right away, show me a lot of integrity for your company. So um, I appreciate that. Um, Rosalind asked a question, more of a procedural probate question in North Carolina. She's working on a listing and she knows that all the heirs have to sign the, doc the closing documents. Do they have to sign the listing agreement as well as other agency documents? And Rosalind, I would say that 
you need to know the, the laws in North Carolina. I don't. I'm a practitioner in California. I'm licensed in California. In California, technically, they would all need to sign the listing if that's how they were authorized to sign. But normally, one person is filing to be the petitioner or the executor themselves. And if they're appointed, they have the authority to sign the listing. So generally speaking, I think that's true in most states, when somebody has the authority to sign on behalf of the estate, they're signing on behalf of the state. They may not be able to sell it without all the other signatures and other parties. And, and actually, in fact, in most cases, they will be able to sign the closing as well, but the money stays in the probate and the court has different ways to protect that money before it gets distributed. So in general, if you're talking about probate, the whole point of probate is to have one person be the administrator or the executor, and they would both sign the listing and sign all the closing, and the siblings don't need to sign any of that. Um, they may need to sign waivers and notices and things like that along the way, but generally they don't need to sign the actual listing documents. Okay, so Jacqueline asks, what training would I recommend? So I know Tim's going to recommend allthelids.com. On my web, and so I don't, hope you don't mind, but obviously I have you on here, Tim, because I have great respect and appreciation for your company. Um, uh, uh, so I started. I do on my website a list of other companies, and I think that sometimes there's different flavors and styles, and there's different timing, and there's different ways to deliver product, and you should check them out. And I always feel like you should evaluate the companies based on the content they provide for free. Because if they're willing to give you stuff for free, and they're in business selling product, they must have better stuff they're selling afterwards. And so I would say go to allleads.com, check out their free offerings, the calls they have, the weekly training uh, matchman call, the monthly role play call. Chad Corbett also has one on Tuesdays. I, I end up hosting a number of those. Uh, check out a couple companies, but you want to see what they offer for free. And in my experience, that will be a great barometer of what you would get if you paid for with them. Um, and that would, I think, help you make the, that buying decision. So Melita, we've got a bunch of phone calls about different areas. Georgia, San Bernardino, I say, yeah, go to allleads.com and they'll give you the pricing on all that. And then uh, Hector asked about the template for the probate wheel trifold. That's also on their, their website. They have printed materials and templates. And that's one, that, I think I just took like the first one, just to show you my creativity. I just took the first one, I loved it, and just changed it and bought it. And maybe you've upgraded it since then, but it's worked for me, so I just try to keep it simple. Um, uh, Jim asked, can, uh, um, estate, can you isolate estates that are not just residential, but also have commercial properties, perhaps by the estimated value of the estate? So I don't think you do. Do you have a way to identify, other than the value um, of the estate on the filing, is there a way to identify the types of property or types of assets? I don't think you do that in UBA, do you? So we have kind of two, two tiers of what we offer. We offer the base product, which, as I said, contains the PR, the decedent, and the attorney. We also offer a, 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 a plus product and property plus digs in and it finds anything that shows up uh, anywhere in the United States as owned by the decedent. So it would find that commercial property. If there was that, it would also find, you know, we started doing that because, uh, you know, we're here in Florida and Florida is a great place where people move to, and we have a very large senior population here. So people move here. And when they pass away, they often still own property back in the Northeast or somewhere else. So it's important that we found all of that. It helps in the targeting. You may find someone who has three or four properties, and then you've got the opportunity to work with them locally. You've got the opportunity to make a referral out on the, on the, on the ones that you're not dealing with. So you can become a full service person. You can say, well, 
I can also provide you with some help in, you know, Dutchess County in, you know, New York, in addition to working with you on the property in the condo in West Palm. And that's the being a network. I mean, that's what I'm trying to create as a network. That's what they have as a network of different practitioners. And you find somebody in that other state, you can work together and provide better service. Um, Hector asks, um, do you do much work with Facebook ads? It seems to me like that'd be a natural piece to add to your repertoire or to your program uh, you, as far as running Facebook ads to the database of petitioners. So are you talking about to for on behalf of our folks? I'm guessing that's the question. Well, I guess the question really is, do you know of, of practitioners or customers of yours who are running Facebook ads to Absolutely. petitioners and attorneys? And how is that working um, for them? I, they are doing that and it is it has been our most requested service offering that we've been looking to add yeah. and we've literally just in the last two weeks we've we've spent a lot of time in the last quarter uh this has been a, a reinvention time for us so we're redoing a lot of the stuff about our crm we're adding a lot more feature and functionality to it that wasn't there before it's very purpose-built just around probate and one of the things that we're adding is a a full social media uh, marketing program that helps folks do that, whether it's dropping something online onto Facebook or Instagram or all of that. In addition to that, it's out to a direct mail program, out to an email program, a full marketing campaign approach. And so now instead of just looking at a campaign as here's the letters that you send out and sure, making sure you follow up, we're doing it so that any response that comes back, it goes right into your funnel and gets a lot of that done. We're trying to automate the whole process for you, giving you more value for your website and driving driving traffic to a funnel that begins converting. And that does include stuff for Facebook and Instagram and other things. So uh, we're working on that. We will have stuff out before the end of the year. We will be at NAR uh, in in November. And our intent is to kind of unveil a lot of that there at, in, at the NAR meeting in Orlando. So yes, nice. the, yes, we're working on it. Nice. Um, Cheyenne, hey Cheyenne, a regular friend of ours. Um, they may have a resource that breaks down the process for court confirmation required versus not required. And I'll say that's, that's a California process that, that, that it's in other states as well, where uh, the majority of sales of real estate don't require court confirmation. Maybe there's a process or a filing, most commonly, um, but um, they won't require court confirmation. But there's a, a percentage, maybe 10%, 5% that the court requires confirmation. Um, and I will say that um, CAR, California Association of Realtors, has a certification program where Paul Horn is the teacher. I had him on here a few weeks ago, and he teaches the specifics of California law and the specific timelines and processes and covers those issues in detail. So my question to you, Tim, is where should somebody go if they're not in California? That's the only California-specific training I know of. I know there's other programs. I think his is the best as far as the process. Where would somebody go to get, you know, state specific? Are you, are you aware of resources or do you guys have that or do you interview those people? Great, great um, question. That's a perfect question. And I'm really glad you asked it because it gives me the opportunity to talk about what, they, what we really think they should do. You need, to, you need to have a relationship with an attorney. And if you build that relationship with the attorney, pretty much exactly the way that I said it, which is that I'm a probate expert. I'm building a team to do that. And I often find people have not selected an attorney yet because it's particularly with pre-probate product, I'm looking for people to refer. Have you got a few minutes to talk to me? At that point, you can walk in and basically say, hey, I need to, I need to know more about what's going on here in our county. 
here are my questions. Can you help me? If necessary, the best investment that you could make is to go spend however much an hour of that attorney's time is. Take take an hour of his time. If you got to buy it, go buy it. Find who look at your leads if you get leads from us. Go into the attorney side and sort by the attorney. Find out which attorneys are doing multiple probates. That's the person you want to spend some time with. And go sit down with them and say, hey, I need to, I need to know more. And if you need to buy an hour of their time, buy an hour of that time. That way you're getting it directly and you're getting a legal opinion and you're building a valuable relationship. And we always recommend that you do that. That's why I interview attorneys on my channel because this part of the relationship building process. I think you're 100% right on the right answer in your state. And I always tell people the laws vary by state and the procedures vary by county. And so you really want to know both. It's great to find a state resource to learn from. It's also important to find somebody who's a practitioner, an attorney that's a practitioner in the county you do business to learn what the specific procedures are because they do vary. LA is very different than Orange County and San Bernardino. Um, Absolutely. So that's a whole, it's like a whole different world. I can do an hour on those differences. Hey, our time has flown by, Tim. I know I, uh, I, I had to kind of fool you a little bit to get you to stay as long as an hour. And I know there's an important football game uh, uh, that, that you need to root against. I think the Tennessee Volunteers on. So we need to, very important business, right. I let you go. So I just want to thank, uh, thank you for your time being on here. For the rest of you on the call, just a couple quick things to promote. Um, I'm a Wednesday uh, next week. On Wednesday, the what is the Wednesday? Is it going to be the seventh, eight thirty a.m. I'm launching a new program called um, GetProbate.cash. Tim talked about how you can get money for your client or for legal fees or other expenses, probate advance or inheritance advance. And I've been doing that, and that's a key part of my business. And I'm going to um, actually launch a program on that. It's going to be very detailed involved. I'm going to give a free overview of that next week on Wednesday at eight thirty. Uh, a.m. Pacific time. If you're interested, you can register on the Eventbrite at getprobate.cash. Getprobate.cash. That's not the most creative uh, domain in the world, but I got it. It was pretty easy. And we're going to talk about there. If you're in the LA area now, uh, we're going to. I'm hosting an event at the All Season Brewery on La Brea, just south of Wilshire Boulevard. I'd love to have you come. If you mention you here on the call today, I'll buy you a free beer, and it's like exotic, fun, brutes on the spot stuff. We're not going to get you a a Budweiser Coors, nothing wrong with them, but we'll get you something fancy. It's a little more bougie beer experience than everybody else. Um, Tim, thanks again so much for being on the call. Thanks for what you do. I really appreciate it. As a, as a customer, I really relaunched my career, starting with all the leads three and a half years ago. And uh, while I do some other things and, and don't use you for everything, I still am a client using the website, using the brochures, on your calls regularly, um, trying to encourage people to, ch to check out your data. I really do uh, um, appreciate so much what you guys do for the industry. Thank you so much. No problem, and I appreciate being on. The other thing I'd say is if you're interested in working with us and you wanna do that, I'd like to provide some additional value to your folks. If you contact us and you're interested in working with us, please mention to your account rep when you get on the phone with them that you came to us from this call and uh, I'm gonna get with them in the morning and we'll come up with something special uh, incentive for you to get you started sooner and offer you some additional value because we always appreciate the opportunity for exposure. So, you know, mention Bill's name for a good seat and get a discount. Thanks. Thank, thanks, Tim. Thanks so much. Enjoy the football game. The rest of you, thank you so much. This is Probate Weekly. We do it every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. We live stream on YouTube and Facebook, recorded there as well. I'm Bill Gross, the LA Probate Expert. Look forward to seeing you guys, if not Wednesday next week at Probate. Uh, getprobate.cash. We'll see you here next week on Thursday. Thanks so much, everybody.
and we 